0: Get the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Musick guide you through the opaque world of venture capital and reveal all the ways you can source capital for your company's growth. It all starts right here with Ann Kennedy and Jillian Musick. On VC Confidential.
1: Welcome to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy and I'm here with my co-host and partner at Outline's Venture Group, Jillian Music. Together we are managing directors of the Sibilla Masters Fund, and you can learn more about that at masters.vc. Hi, Jillian. Hi, Ann. What should we talk about this week? Well, last week we were talking with Joe Milam, who heads up AngelSpan, about the need for transparency in startup communications with investors. Remember that? And I do. One thing he said really caught my ear. He said this was an, an important element of good governance in startups, and also helps startups raise capital. And that got me to thinking about good corporate government governance and what other factors matters. So we have invited our good friend and colleague, Julianne Zimmerman, Managing Director at Reinventure Capital and a veteran of many, many startup boards. <laughs> Welcome, Julianne, to VC Confidential.
2: Hello. It's so wonderful to be here with you today. Thank you.
1: You're very welcome. You are more than welcome. So before we get started, um, tell our listeners about your work and where they can find out more online.
2: Sure. So I'm Managing Director with Reinventure Capital in Boston, and that's R-E-I-N-V-E-N-T-U-R-E, Reinventure Capital. Our website is reinventurecapital.com. And we are a high-impact, high-return venture practice investing exclusively in Black, Indigenous, and other persons of color and or women of all identities. We invest in companies in the United States at break-even and poised to grow profitably.
1: Awesome.
3: Awesome. So, um, you know, at at this... um, stage, we should set the stage, ladies, on what we're going to talk about with the board of directors. Um, I think, uh, let's start with just, you know, what they do and and how it comes together. You know, every corporation, public or privately, legally has to have at least one director. Most state laws on incorporation will require at least three directors and sometimes more. Uh, Therefore, technically, every board of directors in almost every corporation, no matter how small the company is, has a board of directors or a board director, right? The board's elected by shareholders and board members elect the officers of the company. They approve bylaws and They otherwise, you know, govern the corporation. So, Julianne, you mentioned not long ago um, that um, in a conversation about why strong boards are vital and why weak boards or ineffectual boards can be a disaster uh, for investors and entrepreneurs alike. So let's start our conversation right there. Let's see where it takes us. Why are strong boards vital to the success of startups?
2: Well, let's just start with the purpose of the board. So you've mentioned the, the legal uh, premise, right? The, the requirement for right. a board to exist. But, but the purpose of the board is to keep all of the people who are responsible for the company aligned and on track, working towards a clear, shared, strategic objective, so the investors the entrepreneurs the senior executive team as the company grows everyone stays in alignment keeping the company on track to meet its objectives and and, next- and that is Fundamental to good governance. <laughs> yes,
3: <laughs> that, that makes very good sense. And you're right. It's, um, it's a difference between the legality, if you will, the legal requirement to have a board and the purpose of the board, especially in the private sector, um, where you, uh, I don't know, you must rely on them uh, so heavily.
2: Sure. So particularly in, in this conversation, we're focusing primarily on young growing companies who have outside investors. And and so you may have one investor or multiple investors. The investors have almost always a slightly different set of perspectives and, and organizational objectives than the founders. Um, investors who are venture investors, for example, have a timeline on which they need to make returns to their LPs, right? So Mm -hmm. they have a specific set of of objectives which are external to the company, but which nevertheless they bring to bear in, in their participation in governing the company. Um, The founders have personal objectives and aspirations and um, perhaps uh, significant ambitions in terms of either technology leadership or, or impact or system change or what have you, right? And those are also external to the company and yet they have a significant bearing, of course, on the operational decisions of the company. And so any board is, in essence, tasked with sifting through those various objectives and considerations and concerns and focusing, and this is the legal obligation, focusing on maximizing the value for all, right? So Mm -hmm. setting aside individual objectives for the benefit of all shareholders, right?
3: That makes perfect sense. And it's really shareholders and stakeholders as well. So that's. Well,
2: absolutely. And when we get into particularly B Corps, then the, the other stakeholders become, again, legally central to that obligation. Um, mm. I agree with you that operationally, the other stakeholders necessarily must be part of those considerations in order for the board to make good judgments.
3: Yes, but then we become, how should I say, that becomes subjective, right? Objectively, you can say, well, you can screw everybody and make lots of shareholder value, um, but that's not the same as having good corporate governance or um, a sustainable corporation. Quite a different matter. So I would agree.
2: Yes, and unfortunately, we have far, far too many quite colorful examples of that, right?
1: Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) I don't. Know. We're not naming any names today, <laughs> but no. we sure do. And they are well documented in, um, you know, in in, in news stories. of startup history, oh boy. yes, startup history, there are books written about that. Anyway, um, yeah. So this whole idea, um, it. I, just want to pause for a minute and say, you know, forming a board of directors is a much more formal step than forming a board of advisors. Companies in the idea stage, they collect advisors the way philatelists collect stamps, you know, and there is <laughs> relatively little obligation on either side. A board of directors is a, is a bit more work, you know. Once formed, a board expects to meet regularly, whether in person or virtually these days. And requires regular and organized reports. So, and it comes with costs like do you know insurance. So at what stage should startup leaders form a board of directors?
2: Well, again, that's a really important question. And let's unpack it just a little bit. So if you are growing a company, which is going to bring in outside investors, then it makes sense to think through that process in advance. And one of the things that bringing in outside investors will necessitate is forming uh, a structured board of directors. You've, you've mentioned that for a small private company, perhaps you have one director, right? Yeah. But if you are going to bring in outside investors, one of the things you will have to do is is form a a structured board of directors. And so I encourage founders to start thinking through that really as early as as possible and to start thinking about who would be the high value board members, whether those are investor board members or outside uh, board members as soon as possible. And and let's just explain what that looks like. So uh, a board typically has representation from the founder or founders, from outside investors, and from quote unquote, independence. And all that independent label means is that the person in question does not have a direct investment of either time interest or capital interest in the company prior to joining the board. Um, That makes sense, yeah. And so that means they're able to bring or they're uh, they're expected to bring uh, a previously uh, uncolored perspective to that role. And so if it's a three-person board, you might have two founders and an investor, or you might have a founder, an investor, and an independent. If it's a five person board, that typically looks like two and two and one. Um, And so as founders, I encourage founders to start thinking very early about not only how much capital will we need and for what and when, and what kind of capital will we need for each of those uh, purposes, but also who who by profile or ideally by by individual identity would be the best possible board member we could have for each phase of the company's development.
1: Mm -hmm. And with that, we have to take a break now for our sponsors. Uh, We'll be right back with more uh, discussing uh, the attributes of Boards of Directors with Julianne Zimmerman of Reinventure Capital. This is VC Confidential, and we'll be right back.
0: More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up.
4: Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem.
0: Ann Kennedy and Jillian Musick are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.fm.
1: Welcome back to VC Confidential. I am Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music talking about what you as an investor, advisor, or entrepreneur need to know about venture capital. Before the break, we opened the conversation with our good friend, Julianne Zimmerman of ReInventure Capital about boards of directors, why they are important to both founders and investors, and how to know a good board when you see one. After all, a board n- need not be dysfunctional to be a poor quality board.
3: I would agree, Anne. Um, I've seen boards in which members have, you know, nothing but the best of intentions uh, for the company, uh, but they're made up entirely of early stage angel investors. And that can really hold a company back. There are good boards. Everyone wishes you well and tries to work together. And there are strong boards. So, Julianne, how would you define that strong board? Uh, before the break, you talked about thinking about this in advance. Um, how would a founder think about it? And what is an investor looking for when they get to that and say, oh, this founder knows what they're doing or not?
2: Well, these are really important questions. And let me just say that, like so many important questions, this is, these are questions that don't have a single a priori answer. But they have some, let's say, commonalities, (laughs) right? So a strong board is one in which, um, first of all, the board members are actively engaged. So we are not gathering quarterly to have a kind of pro forma conversation in which the founder, CEO gives a presentation and there's a slate of questions for us to vote on and we have some coffee and snacks and we shake hands and say, see you next quarter, right? That is, a, that is really a, just a sort of gesture at a board. A strong okay, so this board. this is a real
3: eye-opener those, uh, for those who are considering <laughs> serving on boards. Um, yes. It's not as easy as you think, <laughs> right? And it takes up a lot more time than you would think. I'll let you get on with it.
2: Sure thing. A a strong board is one which is, is really actively engaged, again, in working alongside and with the founder team and, as the company grows, the executive team to make strategic assessments of how best to direct the company and its resources towards its stated objectives And so, as the company grows, those those strategic questions will, of course, change and evolve. In a young company, very often those questions have a lot to do with how to think about which customers or customer segments should be prioritized. Uh, In a company that, that sells a product, a physical item, decisions about how and where and under what conditions to manufacture in a company that has uh, a service which is uh, digital or virtual, how best to uh, expand that offering and and how to provide adequate or appropriate security, et cetera, are the kinds of strategic questions that, that the board can and should be helpful with. Uh, one of the other things though that I find many people don't recognize is that one of the core Obligations of a strong board is to cultivate the skill and capacity of the leadership of the company, the executive team. And so, thinking very actively, along with the founders, and again, as the company grows, the executive management, about what skills and capacities, what abilities, what credentials, what qualifications, etc the executive team needs in order to be effective in fulfilling that company's objectives sometimes involves providing training, guidance, coaching, et cetera, upskilling for the founder team or the executive team. Sometimes it's hiring. Sometimes it's moving people into different roles. And sometimes it's actually saying to people, we now need to replace you with someone else. And those conversations should be ongoing conversations, not uh, abrupt, oh, no, we need (laughs) to make a big change, right? Um, Right, Well, one is
3: proactive, the other is reactive. Precisely. um, If you have these as ongoing conversations, it's not a shock. Everybody knows that their tenure, if you will, is somewhat temporary right they expect it to be temporary because they say oh i have been hired for this to achieve that and you know the next stage of the company is coming and it will look like this they won't be that surprised if they actually have to move on or perhaps they'll upskill themselves in advance to take it on one or the other but it's going to be a lot easier if you prep it so i would totally agree on that (laughs)
2: Well, and the same applies for board members too, right? So someone who is an outstanding board member for one phase of a company's development is not necessarily the ideal board member for the next phase or two phases later, right? Mm-hmm. And so again, a strong board is one which is thinking with and alongside the, the leadership, the operating leadership of the company about, the forward looking, outward looking, and inward looking assessment of what is strategically important for the company in order to achieve its objectives.
1: Right. And this just leads into something that's been on my mind. Um, you know, it, as you are clearly pointing out, getting the board of directors right from the start obviously makes good sense. The question is, how do you mold your board or or prune and grow it so that it remains optimal as the company grows? You mentioned, you know, leadership teams have to grow and get moved around and sometimes even replaced board members who are brilliant at the early stages are not necessarily the same board members you'll need when the company hits half a billion or even the 100 million valuation stage. So how do you know when a board member needs to be changed out not for doing anything wrong, but simply because it's time for a more powerful member to take the seat. And how do you set up for good expectations around such transitions on your board? Are there are there uh, any templates out there that uh, make these transitions easier in the board director agreements?
2: Well, for certain, there there are lots of good models to to follow in terms of um, standard. Uh, board of director agreements and and documentation. And and by the way, your attorney should be assisting you with this.
1: Oh, we always recommend that.
2: <laughs> um, actively, your attorney should be actively assisting you with this. Uh, but but a a board member role should be structured in every bit as intentional a way as, as any core team member position should be structured. What are the, uh, what are the, the objectives for this role? What are the expectations of the person in this role? How do we assess success? How do we think about uh, the level of commitment and the specific items or tasks or, um, or uh, expertise, whatever that that person will bring to bear in that role, right? Absolutely. And and also, it it may be very realistic to say, for example, we anticipate as a company having three equity raises, and so it's quite likely that the board which we form in preparation for our first raise will be expanded at the second raise and some board members may be swapped out. And by the third raise, it's quite likely that many of the board members will swap out, right? And so setting those expectations and continuing to set expectations for what we expect of the board as a body, right? And as and of a board member at each particular stage, what we expect of that board member within that body, that helps everyone to plan ahead. Just the same as you wanna be planning ahead with the executive team, right?
3: Certainly, I think we've all served a number of boards at this point and um, term limits are usually set in there. And I would encourage founders to consider that immediately. Uh, putting on a board member, you know, especially an early stage angel investor, they say, well, I'll, you know, put a hundred thousand down and uh, I need a board seat. You can easily say yes. If you say, well, well, we have 12-month rolling board seats and you know it's renewable annually and we assess on the board and you, know, you get voted in and then it's easier to vote them out as well. So I think those kinds of things really help uh, to set expectations at the very earliest stage so people don't stumble and bumble into poor quality boards by the time they're trying to raise serious venture capital.
2: Absolutely. And again, keeping it a live, ongoing conversation Right helps keep everyone on track.
1: And with that, we have to stay on track by taking another break for our sponsors. You are listening to VC Confidential and we will be right back.
0: More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Musick are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential only on WMR.FM.
1: Welcome back to VC Confidential. We are so glad you joined us. We are joined today by Julianne Zimmerman, managing director of Reinventure Capital. And we have been talking about the critical need for strong boards of directors. As we, um, I've come to have to close this conversation in just a few minutes. I think there was some terminology um, that maybe it would be good to go back and explain. For instance, uh, defining a few terms like the uh, DNO insurance and the cost of operating a board. Do you want to expand on that a little bit, Julianne?
2: Sure. So D and O uh, is directors and officers, insurance, and and really that's that's a terribly important thing to make sure that your attorney is advising you on, to make sure that no one on the board is personally liable for any of the company's uh, actions or inactions. Um, There are other costs associated with operating the board. You will expect to compensate your board members. You will potentially have travel costs if your board meets in person or if you need your board to visit uh, different sites, if your company has different uh, locations and you need the board to visit them. And and there are uh, additional costs associated with uh, the legal support of the board. Your attorney is the one you really need to consult to make sure that you have appropriately planned to operate a, a functioning board.
3: So Boy, that's that uh, makes so much
1: sense, know. and there's so much in that <clears throat> statement.
3: You know? Right. Um, we keep returning to this, uh, that an attorney must be involved. And I would say, you know, from the investor point of view, it's really something you want to look at. Does this leadership team understand their obligations, if you will, the seriousness of it? Uh, you know, or are they still kind of playing around with the dust bunnies in the garage? It's okay either way, probably, if the idea is good enough and the market's big enough and all of that. But it lets you know, as an investor, what do you need to bring to the table? Uh, how far do you have to bring this team along? Who do you need to put in place? Um, Anne and I talk a lot about uh, wizards and an executor. Uh, the wizards are the idea people, and they. Often have no clue right but you may have to put an executive in place to literally execute on the ideas of these wizards and this is one of the places where that come into play uh, Julianne we talked a little bit also about expectations of a board let's flesh that out dig in a little bit
2: well so again a, a board is we we talk about these things as though they're kind of uh, I don't know, uh, strange or exotic things, but really a board is a group of people who have committed to be held accountable for the strategic direction of the company. And again, the obligation of that board is to maximize the value of that company for its shareholders and stakeholders. And so the, the commitment is really to be actively involved in shaping, again, the strategic decisions that the leadership team of the company is taking and and paying attention to how those decisions are playing out, making adjustments as needed, and keeping everyone on track to, again, the shared objective that everyone has signed up for.
3: So literally, the the how-to on this, do you expect the board directors to be calling the leadership or does the leadership call on the board directors multiple times between board meetings, as you say, for coffee and votes? Um, You know, do you literally expect those board directors to uh, proactively reach out? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Or is that something you set, if you will, uh, kind of in the fabric? know, you will reach out to me and we will have conversations, almost, uh, you know, mentorship conversations or advisory conversations on a regular basis.
2: Well, the particulars of those dynamics, of course, vary. Um, but but again, it's important to set the expectations going in. and And I think that from a founder's point of view, if you do not feel comfortable calling on your board members routinely between board meetings to ask their guidance or to um, discuss uh, progress against agreements made, et cetera, then that probably is a signal that you don't have a good board relationship or you don't have a strong functioning board. And conversely for the board members, if you are waiting until you know two weeks before the board meeting to request a board package, <laughs> there's a breakdown there, right? Whether you have um, scheduled conversations or ad hoc conversations or if you talk, you know, twice a week or once a week or, you know, whatever, that's really much more a a matter of of the dynamics of, of what works best for the organization and the individual's. But but the key thing is that it is an ongoing and active interaction. And the board, by the way, has responsibilities between board meetings as well. And so you should expect, for example, that you will have action items that you will uh, take on as a board member, which you may undertake individually with other board members or with the leadership team of the company.
3: And those are all good things for both investors and entrepreneurs to consider and observe, before the investment process, and of course, following it too.
1: Thank you, Julianne, for joining us today. This has been marvelous. And tell people one more time how they can find you if they want to know more.
2: Thank you so much. I'm with Reinventure Capital in Boston, reinventurecapital.com. And uh, thank you both so much for having me for this important conversation.
1: We are delighted you could join us. And that's a wrap for this episode of VC Confidential. We invite you to join us each Tuesday for a new episode as we take a deep dive into the opaque world of venture capital. We'd like to thank our producers at WMR.FM who agreed to take a chance on our new show, VC Confidential. You can listen to all our episodes right here on WMR.FM and in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else you like to get your podcasts. You will find all of our CEO Coach podcasts there as well. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and we are so glad you joined us on VC Confidential. Till next week.